Welcome to Everything Imaginable, a podcast for curious minds on KGRA Radio. And here is your host, Gary Cochileo. Welcome everyone to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I am your host, Gary Cochilillo. And before we get started, I want to thank all my listeners for listening and also thank the contributors to my show, who are executive producer Candice Sanderson, author of The Reluctant Messenger, senior editor Amanda Steele, author of Ghosts of Me, binaural production engineer Damian Keller, author of Sounds Good, Sounds Great, and monthly co-host, author of It's Not Aliens, It's Worse, It's Us. If you are interested in contributing to this podcast, go to my website, everythingimaginable2020.com, and you'll find a whole bunch of information there on how you can can contribute. And uh, without further ado, our guest for today is Aaron Hoops, and he has written a whole bunch of books on Zen, yoga, um, everything, basically. Thank you for coming on today. Thank you, Gary. Nice to be here. Um, so how did you get into all this? Was it through martial arts? I mean, it looks like you spent some time even studying in Japan. Yeah, it really it, it really was the martial arts that set me on this path. I um, when I when I graduated from high school, I kind of felt I could have gone two directions, one sort of a good way and one kind of off off the rails. And I went to uh, Tulane in New Orleans, and there was a an old Japanese martial arts instructor who taught there, and um, he kind of was taught at the school at the university in order to get students to come to his um, dojo, and I got all involved in that, and it it really helped sort of ground and center me and allow me to um, get started on this path that I've been on for quite a while now. Interesting. Um, what do you think would have happened if you hadn't found this? Um, I probably would have drifted uh, to to various different things. Um, I I know I, I know I was really looking looking for something to to give me some structure, and I found that the martial arts has has such such a great structure that allows you to you know really become who you who you are and. Um, get some discipline and, and focus in your life. And, and, and once you, once you embrace it and kind of start going with it, it, it really can affect every aspect of your life um, in a positive way. And uh, how, how is it? Like how, like, how does it change your life? Like, what are the practices? How does, it, how does martial arts take somebody who's sort of adrift and give you in, you know, make you focus and give it direction and well, it's it, it starts with the physical training. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're 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 going up and down the floor doing punches and kicks and your forms and, and you're doing it until you're exhausted and sweating and and really just uh, putting all your energy into it. And that that has an effect on the on the on the body where, you know, when you get exhausted and then you have to recharge and then you get exhausted again, and you have to recharge you, you're, you start the training of your body, um, sort of has an, an effect in, on all the other aspects of your, of your life, the discipline to force yourself and push yourself to go harder helps work to, um, focus your mind. It opens up, you know, the, the possibilities of, of the spiritual aspects of life. 
and just makes you more it makes you feel more alive i think and and more present in life and what you're doing um and then how did you go from from this physical aspect to some of the more philosophical and spiritual parts of it well i was really fortunate that when i started um uh the Japanese karate when I went to when I went to college and at the same time I met a Tai Chi master and so the the karate was sort of the hard style which is the outward expression the physical um, the physical movements where the Tai Chi is much more internal and um, meditative and starting them both kind of at the same time really allowed me to get a balance um, between the hard and the soft which is which is really what the whole um, the whole concept of the Tao and um, and yin and yang and and that kind of thing has involved in, and so by by studying both of these, I, I really realized quite early on that that breathing was an, an important thing, and when you can get your breathing in in functioning properly then your whole your whole body shifts and and it, it allows you to um really sort of take advantage of of all the all that that is available to us if we if we put our minds and and focus towards um when you were in like what was the experience like, then how, how did you go from uh, nola to japan <laughs> well, like I said, I, I met this Japanese instructor uh -huh. who was um, who was a, he was he was quite old. He had been one of the the grand champions in Japan when he was younger, and they kind of send these these masters out across the the world to different places to to start spreading the martial arts. And I got involved with him, and he was this old guy who could hardly speak any English, and so. Um, as I as I continued to tr to get involved in it, I started studying the Japanese language. I started studying Japanese uh, history and culture. And um, by the end of my my time at college, I really I designed my own major to be Japanese language and history. And so the, the next step after college was just to go to Japan. So I I basically got on a plane and flew over there and stayed there for the next two and a half years or so um just sort of full immersion into japan and the culture and the life over there um and uh, i i went as a i went on a cultural visa so that um they they allow you to come and stay in japan but you have to commit to to whatever culture you're studying and i was doing it for the martial arts so i ended up having to study you know, go go to the dojo and train for four hours a day, six days a week, you know, all the time. And it was just kind of a total immersion um, into the whole practice. And it was it was it just changed my life completely. I kind of stepped out of the whole, you know, mainstream track of of what everyone else was doing and, and just went went off on a different tangent. In Japan, like like how um, important is martial arts and Zen to their culture? Um, it there there's a real undercurrent of 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 sort. I, I wouldn't say that the martial arts itself or the or the Zen itself. I mean, there there are certainly 
um, areas in Japan that that it that it has a deep effect on. But I think more more so, there's this tradition in Japan of of um, honoring the ancestors. You know, everyone everyone honors their ancestors. They have shrines to their to their parents and grandparents in their houses and and just sort of a reverence for tradition and um in the martial arts there's the tradition that you know you start as a white belt and you work your way up through the black belts and the the traditions are are adhered to so closely that there's it, it really gives a structure to the whole process that that has a deep a deep meaning and connection for for the people who get involved in it. Hmm. I, you know, I, I just I, when I look at Japan, you know, from from the American view, you know, it's like I have two different views of Japan. You know, <laughs> I, I have like this sort of you know this weird pop culture view, and then there's like this you know ancient you know monasteries up in the mountains type of view. You know, and it's really funny because it, it, it's very much it's very much just like that. There, um, the the like I lived in Tokyo for for a couple of years, and um, just the the mass of humanity, the people. There's just so many people. You can't, you know, you you go to a little park to try and get away from it, and there's 40 other people sitting in the park trying to get away from it. Um, so there's just what it's done is with the there's so many people just living, you know, basically on top of each other that everybody has this, this sort of, they turn inwards um, and, and have their own sort of personal little space. And and then they go out and, and interact with everyone. And the pop culture is, is just so, so powerful. And there's always something going on somewhere. It's sort of a, a world that never, that never sleeps. But it's true. You you step outside of that into the mountains or out into the temples, and there's this just almost magical, mystical um, peace and and Zen of of the natural world where um, the monks are are you know communing with the nature, and it's all just it's it's wonderful, and it's it's really beautiful that. Japan has has managed to maintain, at least to some degree, their their connection to that ancient, spiritual, peaceful world. Um, even though they're they've also embraced the the frenetic craziness of uh, our our uh, modern day world. <laughs> uh, did when you were there? Did you actually get to go out to any of the monasteries in the mountains and spend? Oh, some I time did very much. I am. Um, and- that that was that was one of the major things when I when I went I uh, I got a rail pass and spent like the first two months um, riding on the the trains out to every possible place I could find and and hiking up in the mountains. I remember I was in um, Kyoto one for for a couple of weeks and I climbed up and and walked to all these different um, uh, temples up on the mountains and. And I was up on this one. It's one of the most famous ones. It's called Kiyomizu. And it's got this gigantic um, deck or platform built with these huge, like 100, 200 year old cedar trees posts holding up the, the deck. And I think it's one of the places where the Japanese couples jump off to commit suicide together and stuff. But um, I remember I was hiking around uh, around that temple and I found this gate in the back that sort of 
no one was around. And I, I went through the gate and I ended up walking over one of these old mountain trails between cities across the, the bridge of the mountain. And I just kept walking and walking. It was it was just such an amazing experience to sort of walk on one of these old, you know, footpaths that that the monks had traveled for. You could have just you could tell it had been just hundreds of years that people had, had wandered across this mountain. Hmm. Um, so I tried to seek out things like that as much as I was able. Did you find any like traditional Zen masters that would, you know, like throw koans at you and hit you with a stick, that kind of stuff? Um, there was in, in the in the karate classes, there was definitely some of that for sure. Um, I also I, I managed to meet a um, uh, a shiatsu master who's um, shiatsu is the finger pressure um, pressure point therapy. And um, he was a Japanese um, acupuncture shiatsu master, and he wanted to learn English. And so um, we somehow figured out a trade for me to teach him English while he taught me the shiatsu massage. And he was, he was kind of one of these quintessential uh, old masters who, you know, it, it was, it was funny because, we, you know, we kind of interspersed it with, with him trying to learn some English, but he did have that, that, um, that old uh, master way about him. Um, he didn't actually hit me with a stick and stuff. But it, was, <laughs> it was like that. I've also had a, num a numerous experiences of going to temples and sitting for um, sitting in meditation for various events and, and situations. Um, one time while I was there, our uh, the the Grand Master of the of the Karate Association died, and we had a one of these big, huge. Japanese funerals that took, you know, all day long. And we had to sit in, sit on our knees for probably about six hours. And that was pretty intense. First, <laughs> um, you know, just for some of my listeners, like I know it sounds harsh being hit by with a stick, stick by a Zen master, but I've gone on retreats here in the United States, actually, at, um, I think it was Zen Mountain Monastery in upstate New York. And um, when he, when you're meditating for a long time, the guy comes around and hits you in the back with a stick. It actually feels good. It does. It does. <laughs> it, it, That's it, true. It, it, it's not like a beating. It actually. Uh... No, it ju it's just to, it's to it's to bring your mind and your focus back to back to center. Really. Yeah, it's it's actually it, it feels nice. It's not a a harsh thing. It's not as harsh as it sounds. Right. Um, Though, yeah. though the, it it does depend. I mean, the Japanese uh, in in the traditional Japan, they they are actually a little harsher than that. <laughs> um, and yeah, I've, and and there 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 have been a number of times when when that's occurred. You know, and that you know it it really depends on the person doing it. You know, if the teacher has sort of a. Uh, you know, a, a rough edge around him, he might hit you a bit harder. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it does depend. Like, Also, I'll say when I was up there, one of the participants had a seizure. Oh, dear. And, uh, and, and people were like, like, you know, the Zen guys were just like, you know, they just laid him on the side and said, okay, you know, let's just have person have their seizure. 
<laughs> and, and other people were like, well, oh my God, like, why aren't you calling an ambulance? You know? Yeah. And, and the person turned out to, to be fine, but you know, it, it was, it's just, um, I don't know. Like, like, uh, you know, I had an experience like that personally, actually, I was in, I was, uh, I was in a class, um, in Japan and, um, I had been I'd been getting a lot stronger. I mean, you go there and, and you're kind of fighting for your life every day and you're a foreigner and all these Japanese um, these Japanese uh, students, you know, kind of are, you know, feeling a little bit like you're invading their space. Mm -hmm. And so um, they do try and they do try and beat you up and, and pound on you a little bit. And, you know, I didn't go a day or. I didn't go more than two days without a black eye or a bloody nose or, you know, bruised lips or whatever bruises up and down your arms and legs and stuff. But I remember one day I was fighting with um, one of the junior instructors and he had a real attitude and, and I had started to get, I'd started to get um, better at protecting myself and not just letting him, you know, use me as a, a punching bag. And so I started fighting back and, and, uh, he, um, he really got annoyed at that and he did sort of a, a technique that's not really supposed to be done. And he knocked me out completely, um, just whacked me on the side of the head and I went down and, and out cold. And I remember the instructor, I sort of remember the instructor picking me up and carrying me over to the side of the floor and just laying me down there and going back to class. And I just, you know, I blood coming out of my ear and they just sort of left me until I, until I could get up. <laughs> so I, I'm quite familiar with that kind of experience. <laughs> wow. Um, so one of the things like I was, I was looking through your, um, your, your, your profile and some of the information, it looks like you also, became very familiar with uh, some of the Taoist texts as well. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I've been studying the I Ching for really since since college. I, I think that's when I was first exposed to it. I, I found an I Ching coloring book and I'd do the I Ching and then color in the picture while I while I contemplated my my uh, my the response it gave me and and I've, I've, you know, my my study of it and practice of it has evolved over the years. But the I Ching is just, it's it's such a it's such a an amazing uh, book or document or whatever you whatever you want to call it. I mean, it it goes back, you know, more than three thousand years, and and has this amazing uncanny ability to to communicate with you about what it is that you're you're having you know an issue with so i just i really 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 am am very into the I Ching and the whole the whole concept of of the Tao and the balance and um allowing allowing sort of the world to flow as it's going and just adjusting yourself to flow with it properly mm-hmm like for me personally, I, I've definitely been very influenced by uh, the Tao and um, also the works of um, I, I always never say it right, but Chuang Tzu. Chuang Tzu, yeah, yeah. Like like his stories are just you know there there's I mean I I don't know if he's actually the author of them, but the collection of stories are just yeah um, 
just as useful today, if not more useful today, than they were probably back when you were writing. They are. And, you know, a lot of it, all of it, I think that uh, the world could really use a lot more of um, of that kind of thinking. Um, we're, we're so caught up in, in thinking that we're the, you know, we've got, we know everything and we've got it all going on. And, and it's, it seems like we've lost some knowledge that was so important not to lose. Um, and, and the, 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 the Tao um, really helps to bring us back to that center. Um, being raised here in the United States and like religiously, like how did it affect you? Like, like were you like a Christian here and then went there? And, and you know, it's funny. My um, my 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 mother was sort of from a. a Scottish background and there was not a, I, th I think my mother kind of um, rebelled against the whole church church um, teaching stuff and so she didn't really um, put any of that on on me too much and my father it's it's interesting his his great grandfather was one of the founders of the Mormon Church um, mm. he was one of the 12 apostles and I guess my father's mother broke away from the church, um, you know, a long time ago. But um, uh, there was that background. And so I was pretty much brought up without a whole lot of religious um, pressure or dogma or anything like that. And so I was really allowed to evolve in whatever way um I did. And, and what happened was when I, when I did start getting to, into the Japanese uh, language and culture, I started studying the, um, you know, the, the, the different, the different religions of Japan and just how they're so, um, you know, there, there's a lot of, there's the Buddhism, there's the Zen Buddhism, but there's also, there's also just a, a whole, um, a whole, sort of way of living in Japan that just reveres nature, it reveres life. And it, you know, you can walk, you can walk anywhere in the forest and someone's built a little shrine and, you know, just piled up some rocks and, and left a little offering. And it's just, it's this, um, it's this reverence for sort of not, not God as some big, huge man up in the sky, but it just as, as, as a part of every living being and everything um, and, and a reverence for that, which, which really resonated with me. So I kind of went in that direction. Awesome. It's, so, so it's good that you had the freedom to choose what you wanted to do spiritually rather than being directed by your family and parents. Absolutely. Yeah. There's no I, pressure. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's, that's, probably you know some of the so, some of the problems of our world come from from that pressure that that we're given um at a young age to to follow some of those kinds of things um so also it, um while while doing all this stuff when you I get, obviously it looks like too you spend some time in australia yeah, after Japan, um, I, I came back to Vermont for a while, and um, I I had a um, 
I, I married a Japanese woman and we came back and we, uh, she went to school back here. And I, um, I started, I started writing some books and working as an editor for, um, for a publishing company. And um, we, we were here for a while and then just sort of looking for a new adventure and um, Australia would came up as an option. So we went and visited and made some contacts and managed to get um, some connections over there. So we packed it up and moved over there. But unfortunately we, we, um, we were waiting for our visa. So we thought we'd stop in Japan at her parents' house as we were heading to Australia. And we got to Japan and we were in Osaka and the Kobe earthquake hit. And I don't know if you know what, about the Kobe, Kobe earthquake, but it, it was this massive, like eight, 8.5 earthquake on the oh, wow. scale. And it, it killed like 5,000 people and um, really kind of locked down the whole country for six months. So we were just stuck there. So I ended up getting a job teaching children's English and training some more karate and um, just hanging out in Japan for another, another long period of time. <laughs> um, but yeah, eventually we made it to Australia and, um, and uh, that was just a whole nother amazing experience. I really, uh, I feel blessed to have, have been able to have these, these just wonderful opportunities to live overseas and, meet so many wonderful people and and see a whole another part of the world that you and 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 to see to see the world from another perspective i think i think that when you live in in the united states your whole life you don't really see the whole picture whereas if you live outside and and you you get a, another view from another angle that you start to see um uh, uh, you see the world in a, in a different way. You see America's in, in a different way. Wow. See, I've never had the opportunity to live outside the country. I've traveled outside the country. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that I do find interesting is a lot of my guests are from Australia. Mm. And I'm amazed at how, I don't, I don't know, how important American culture and American politics affects them yeah you know um it uh, american everything has sort of infiltrated you know a, a lot of of the aspects of life um you know the the culture the the movies the the all the technology and everything um have, have a big effect and i think that that you know the politics and the you know the the policies that um the various administrations put forth have have a, a an effect because you know each country has has their position you know in regards to where the how they how they relate to china or russia or, or wherever and and the u.s has a strong influence on determining you know what people can do yeah it's weird i, I just didn't realize that we had an effect outside of our own country you know i just figured you know it kind of stopped at the borders and that was it nobody really cared you know because like like here like i don't follow the you know the politics or anything yeah. about any other country so i was kind of surprised to find out that other countries do follow ours yeah and i think it's almost that 
that we kind of shove it down everybody's throat as opposed to them being overly interested in it. Um, you know, the, the, the sort of the, the U S kind of is, has, has been for a long time trying to be the, you know, the, the leader of the world and, um, make what they do important. So I think everyone, you know, to some degree, the media follows that. And then, you know, if you're, if you watch, if you watch the mainstream media, you're kind of exposed to it, whether you want to or not. Mm. Interesting. So, so in Australia, like, what did you do there? Did you start your own dojo? Did you teach? Um, did you get immersed so, in some of their culture? Yeah, it's funny. I, um, I, I, we got there and, and lived in Brisbane for a while, but soon found that that the majority of the Japanese population was down on the Gold Coast, which is some um, sort of uh, north, uh, southeast Queensland and northern New South Wales, which is on the the east coast, um, about the middle of the country on the east coast. Mm-hmm. It's where Byron Bay is, and there's some you know there's a, a surfers paradise and places like that. And it's funny because I I got there and um, immediately found a job as a Japanese speaking tour guide. So, so I ended up, I mean, I hardly, I, I'd only been in Australia for a couple months and here I am driving Japanese tourists around telling them all about Australia. Um, so I ended up doing that for a number of years. Um, it was a very a, sort of an easy job because you could work a few hours a day and then have a, a lot of extra free time. And so with my free time, I started, um, you know, exploring the mountains and the rainforest and uh, doing, uh, came across a number of Kung Fu instructors that I was able to train with and um, just really enjoying the amazing world that Australia is over there. Cool. Um, Did you find any similarities between um the australian culture and what you encountered in japan um no australia is more more like the states or england than it is japan um it's very laid back people are are people are really really easygoing um you know at least where i was you know virtually every day is bright sunny beautiful you know you're five minutes from the ocean it's blue there's hardly anybody on the beach it's just paradise really um and and people know it and enjoy it they and they take advantage of it things things uh you know move a lot slower there's not a, there's not sort of that frenetic in, in in tokyo it was like everybody's moving all the time you know rushing here and there and you know there's kind of that that sort of thing in a different way in the states but in australia less so outside of the big cities it's it's very laid back hmm. and then after you were in australia for a long time like what nine years yeah about nine years yeah and then you came back to the united states so yeah, my parents were getting older and I had just published my first real um, sort of self-help book called Perfecting Ourselves, Coordinating Body, Mind and Spirit. And and I kind of had this feeling like, you know, if you're if you spend all day hanging on the beach in Australia, you don't really need to learn how to breathe and relax. And so I I decided to sort of relocate back here and and maybe um uh, start teaching that type of stuff to people who really needed it. Cause they, you know, they, 
for for all intents and purposes, that they didn't really need it that much in Australia. They're pretty laid back. <laughs> right. Um, so when you came back here, um, did you start your own dojo? Um, what ha- what happened? Um, I came back and started um, started uh, sort of traveling and giving talks and lectures and and workshops and programs on on breathing, movement, and meditation. Um, I started uh, sort of creating um, a my program that I call Zen yoga, which is pretty much a, a blend. I, when I was in Australia, I, I studied, um, I studied yoga with a lady named Shanti Gowans and she's, uh, um, she's quite a, a, a well-known yoga school, yoga instructor. And um, her school is the Australian meditation Institute. And I went through her teacher training program there and, um, and she's just one of these ladies who sort of, I think her parents died when she was four and she was put into a, a monastery in India and sort of trained yoga all day, every day for her whole life. And so I met her when she was maybe 60. And, you know, this is the kind of person who just floats off the ground and you 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 want to listen to every single word that comes out of her mouth because it's just so wise and 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 understanding of, of the world and life. And so she really, she really helped me, um, blend the, the mar- the hard style and the martial arts that I had studied for so long. It really, the yoga sort of really, um, sort of brought a, a, a full fullness to the teaching and the, the studying that I'd been doing and sort of rounded out the sharp edges of it. And so when I got back here, I started developing Zen yoga, which took the, the, the energy and the Tai Chi generation in the body and then added the yoga part, which, which allowed you to open different parts of your body and get that energy to flow into it. Um, and so with Zen yoga, that's, that was really what I was trying to, to accomplish was to, you know, get the energy in the body and then move it around so that you can really get your, yourself in a, in a healthy and and happy state. Awesome. Um, so, so did you open up your own yoga studio? Um, I, I worked at a couple different yoga studios for a while. I was in Connecticut. My, my, my parents had 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 a house in Vermont that I would go up to, um, but Vermont is is quite rural, and um, so I I was based in Connecticut when I first got back and and was teaching there, um, and it was more it wasn't it was more teaching classes at various studios and then going to all these conferences and like brain injury conferences and Alzheimer's conferences and uh, what. Uh, just every all all different health and wellness uh, expos and things and giving giving lectures and exercise and uh, you know programs and talks, um, and it it eventually migrated as as I as I progressed you know I, I I started teaching more about breathing because what I found was that you know a lot of people. Um, 
a lot of people are too busy and too caught up in 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 their whole life and everything that they're doing that they don't have time to you know get into some big um program that's gonna that's gonna you know take up a lot of time and so my focus turned towards getting people to breathe properly because i really find that um that's that's the access point for a lot of people who may realize that they need something they need to, to do something or they need some kind of change to help themselves feel better but they don't really know what to do or how to start or where to go um and and the breathing is such a simple easy practice um to get started with and the benefits are sort of immediate and you you notice you notice a difference and you notice you feel better and so i really kind of that that became my main focus um once i got back here to teach that what is a proper breathing technique uh well obviously there's a number but um you know if it, it and it it boils down to you know if you think about how we breathe when we breathe we take in oxygen and that oxygen is converted into energy that goes into our bloodstream and it flows to all the various parts in our body and so that blood goes into the into the all the parts of the body and then it, it cleans out all the toxins and impurities brings it back and we breathe that out as carbon dioxide well if if that's the case of how it works then the better that that process that you can do that process the more the more oxygen energy you're going to bring into your body and the more toxins and impurities you're going to get rid of out of your body so um, it's really, really what I try to teach is to to get people to to learn to breathe deeper in in a way that um, that is that allows them to 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 make it become a habit. And so it's really it's about breathing in deep through your nose, expanding your abdominal muscles because um the the lungs, the lungs like balloons in our chest, you know, we, if if usually if i say take a deep breath most people just puff up their chest like the big bad wolf and fill themselves up and think they have this big big full breath of air but it's it's really um expanding the lungs down into the the diaphragm the lower part of the of the of the uh rib cage and filling up from the bottom and you can get a much deeper breath by by expanding those belly muscles and it's really a muscular action it's not just a respiratory action it's a muscular action of pushing out the muscles as you breathe in and that that kind of draws the breath fully down into the bottom of the lungs and then you can fill the middle and 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 the top of the lungs and, and get a full breath and then when you contract, you you squeeze those belly muscles and empty from the bottom so that you completely empty the, the breath out of your lungs. And it's really it's it's kind of the difference between conscious and unconscious. If you're if you're conscious and you do this breathing, then the quality of the breath, the quality of the energy that that's created through that process um, is is really enhanced, whereas, you know, we can we can breathe we, you know we don't it's not it's an unconscious um exercise we don't have to think about breathing if we had to think about breathing all the time we'd never get anything done so we can we can unconsciously breathe and survive you know for for our whole life but the quality of the breath coming in when it's unconscious is not is not 
I, at least to my to my knowledge or to my understanding is not as is not as high is not as valuable as that conscious focused um breathing that you're really expanding your lungs and contracting your lungs and and creating that energy um connection um like i know for me personally like like during meditation you know i'll use breath as like my anchor just to focus mm -hmm. on the breathing in and out and um it is different because you know i go you know i should went through most of my life never paying attention to my breath right yeah and i that's that's something that i i think i learned early on i remember um at just at very parts and various stages of my life, realizing how important breathing was. And especially, you know, in the martial arts, you use, you use a couple different breathing exercises to focus your energy. Like if you're trying to, if you're, it, when, when we punch, we give out that yell as a, it's a called a ki where you're focusing all your attention and you're yelling, you know, you're making that ha sound when you punch. Um, and really that's a breathing that's a breathing technique where you're you've you've generated this energy in your body and now you're focusing it and and expressing it outwards where it's all focused on the tip of your fist or whatever um but but the breathing the 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 breathing is is so important and has such a quality to it if you if you put your conscious mind to it and i i think that i um at various part, points in my life, I, I came to that realization like, oh, breathing is so important. And so I, I really have made a conscious effort to trying to remember to breathe, you know, whenever possible. And and over over the years, um, I've 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 gotten much better at doing that deep breathing um, as as often as possible. Hmm. Um, is there any, like, like, have you ever heard of the Wim Hof method? Oh yeah. 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 That's, um, that's, that's, that's good. It's not something for everybody, obviously, but it's a very good way to sort of jumpstart the, um, the energy system in the body. It's sort of like, you, you know, you're kind of hyperventilating and, um, you know, over oxygenating your body and, it's a it's a it's a it's a wonderful practice um, for people who are, you know, healthy enough to to be able to handle it. I think that it it it, it you do need to take care when when doing any kind of breathing work like that. Hmm. Yeah. Also, um, I know too. I took Kundalini yoga, which also focused a mm -hmm. lot on breathing. Oh yes. Oh yes. And, uh, any kind of any kind of practice, be it um, yoga, tai chi, martial arts, you know, all, all these all these physical practices have to have a breathing component, or they really aren't aren't getting it. Um, I, I remember a long time ago, I walked into a tai chi class. They were like, we're trying to recruit people for their for their school. And I, I, I went into the free introductory class and, and they went through this whole thing for like two hours and didn't say a word about breathing. And finally I, I, you know, called the lady over and I was like, you know, what about breathing? When are we supposed to breathe? And she's like, Oh, we don't worry about that here. And, and, and I just couldn't quite 
understand it. I didn't, I didn't join the school, obviously. <laughs> um, but no, you, the, the breathing is so important to, to everything we do. And, 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 and it's really not just the physical. I mean, if you have, you know, if you have an important meeting or you have an important gathering or you're going to give a talk or, or whatever it is you're going to do, um, I, it's just, it's, it's to me, at least now it's just common sense or it's just um, a natural thing to, to do some deep breathing and, and, you know, settling myself before I, I were to start that. And it's so beneficial to, to anybody for anything that they do to have uh, a good breathing practice to get them into the right, um, both mental and, and physical state. So what are the benefits of all these different practices? I mean, obviously focusing the mind is definitely one and discipline, mm -hmm. but how does, how, how does focusing the mind and disciplining and, and noticing the breath improve a person's life? Like if a person's life is all jacked up, yeah. like how are these simple techniques actually going to help somebody? Um, well, I, you know, honestly, um, any any breathing and relaxation you can do is going to start having having an effect on you and you know people people are jacked up and and really the the kind of and this this sort of leads leads to where i've i've taken this is that um you know it's it's not just breathing it's not just meditating it's it's really reconnecting to the natural world around us. Um, I think we've we've lost our connection to the natural world. It's it's almost become this you know outside. Oh my God, I gotta you know bundle up and and you know can't don't touch this and don't touch that and be scared of anything that's that's moving outside. I think with the the connection to the 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 plants and the animals and the sun and the fire and the water and all the elements um is is vitally important and and then if you go out there and you get your your breathing and your moving and your meditation all all focused in that realm um it really it really opens up a whole a whole new world um and you know, I think that that's something that 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 has been has been sort of lost or or pushed aside or or I don't I don't even know how we got this far off track, but um, it seems to me that um, you know the 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 breathing simply settles your body down. You know, the if you if you think of how how the um the body works you know the we take in we take in the uh the oxygen and the energy and that sort of calms down the calms down the nervous system and if you if you sit in meditation that that settles all those crazy you know psycho babble that runs through your head all the time and so if you can take the time to sit and breathe, it's just naturally going to calm things down and settle things down. And then if you can sort of immerse yourself in some sort of natural setting, that almost, you know, does the work for you. You know, um, I, I, I've tried all different types of meditation techniques myself. 
is, um, you know, you know, the first thing I noticed when I started meditation was just to settling down. I realized that my thoughts were just thoughts and they're not really me. Right. You know, and, and, and that was easy to learn by in, doing an indoor type of meditation, you know, sitting in a quiet room with a bunch of people focusing on the breath. However, I, you know, once I started doing that, I really started to prefer meditating outside. Right. Because when I'm meditating outside in nature, it, it's different because there's there's the the chatter inside sort of just naturally dissolves and I start focusing on you know the things outside like like wind mm. or, or the sound of animals or the, the texture of the ground beneath me um, the different smells in the air um, it, it becomes a different experience for me completely different and, and, and even I go back to the story of the Buddha like he you know, he was outdoors. Yeah. And he had his enlightenment experience. Um, did, did you notice any difference between like, like those different types of meditation, indoors, outdoor? You know, I totally, I totally do. And, you know, um, I, I spend a lot of times outdoors now. I'm, I mean, I'm, I've really pretty, pretty much immersed in it all the time now. I just barely finished um, last weekend or the weekend before I did a, um, I did a vision quest and i i was out i was up up on the mountain for um three days couple nights um basically just meditating the whole time you know singing some songs and and uh and you know just being out in nature and it's it really took it took probably the first day to sort of clear my head of all the the you know the babble and everything going on but then um into the second and third day, I was just so able to, to feel a part of, of nature. And, and this is really, this is just like the whole, the whole thing that, that I think is important is we're, we're not separate from the natural world. I think that we've, we've come to believe we are, um, but we're not separate. We're, we're really, we're really a part of the whole. And, um, once you can start to realize, recognize, remember that connection to it, um, and which is done simply by sitting out with it and observing it and 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 being immersed in it. Once you can remember that, then it it really sh- it really has the potential to shift us out of of the the hectic craziness of the world um, that we're living in. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and one of the other things that I noticed too outside in, in, in you know, meditating in nature is um, like, like a lot of people hate it. Like, I, I'm, I'll be honest, like I, I tried <laughs> to start a meditation group outdoors and most people were, were hating on it. They were like, yeah. oh, it's high, there's bugs, there's this, yeah, I know. there's that, <laughs> you know. And, and I'm kind of like thinking, for me, like like that's the whole point. It's like, you know, it's like, oh, hello, fly. You know, how are you? What yeah, are you doing? Yeah, you that, know, that, and, 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 that, that and, and I'm going to exactly. treat this fly that's external the same way that I'm taught meditation to treat my thoughts. Exactly. 
And, and then that makes it more of a complete experience. Okay, all right, I've learned to, to look at my thoughts and, and notice them and let them go. But then once you take it outside, you're like, you learn how to do that with everything, you know, the things that annoy us. That's where it really counts. Right. And that that's that's really the, the you know, the that's that's what when we were talking about the Tao earlier, you know, that's that's just everything everything is is right where it's supposed to be you know that fly landing in your arm is part of the whole it's it's there at that moment to you know just be on your arm and you are there with your arm for it to be on you know that's that's really how the dao how the dao is and 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 you 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 kind of lose that when you're in sort of a a artificial environment um, you know, with with square corners and artificial light, um, you know, you can still get sure you can still get to, you know, it's still possible to get to a, a, a meditative state. But the connection that that exists with, you know, the the like the breathing, you know, we breathe out the trees, breathe in the trees, breathe out, we breathe in, you know, that whole um, that whole uh, interchange between the 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 plants and and us and the and the animals and and everything that sort of all exists alive it's it 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 really is so vital to our to our health to our psyche to our to our mental states that um you know it, it it's it's really what people need more of and and we seem to want less of it now yeah yeah it it is it is interconnected and um, and there too, when, when we realize that everything is interconnected and interdependent, it lessens the ego and creates mm -hmm. a little bit of humility, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think. It's, it makes it easier to let go of our, myself. Yeah. And, and, and well, the more I let go of myself, the way easier life, much easier life becomes because you know, you recognize that whole. But one of the stories I, I have, like, about meditating outside, like, it, I was mentioning, like, like, everybody was hating it, you know, and I, I was at this Zen song, and I, and I convinced my teacher, you know, like, like you know, all right, it, it's spring, it's nice out, let's do it outside. Yeah. <laughs> and, and after a couple of weeks, you know, we, we were doing it outside, and everybody was sort of hating it. But then one day, we're all sitting out there really still, and a rabbit comes and just sort of hops, like, right into the middle of us. Because oh. we're all super still, and he's just trying to just chills out there, you know. <laughs> and everybody sort of smiles, like, okay, all right, <laughs> all yeah, right, this is cool because you know you're not going to get close to that that close to a wild like like a rabbit, you know. The yeah. animals sense what's going on around them, and if everything if everybody's just chilling, the rabbit came and chilled too. Right, and 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 I would I would I would offer suggest that that is exactly what is what happens all the time. As soon as you sort of plug in to that kind of thing happening, you know, I did this um, I did this vision quest up on the mountain um, a couple of weeks ago, and and at one point I was you know you're, you're sort of waiting for something to happen. You're kind of oh you know this or that you know. Is, is a bear going to come or is this going to happen? And, and I, I kind of eventually got to the point where I'd given up on that. I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to sit here and, and, and let what happens happens. And I started to sing this song called the butterfly people and I'm singing it. And 
I'm really getting into it. I started, you know, yelling it and, and belting it out sort of over the mountain as loud as I could sing it. And, and a butterfly appeared and, and flew up on the ledge and it laid, landed down in front of me and, and grasped this, um, this piece of grass. And it was, the wind was blowing pretty hard and it's kind of getting buffeted and it's holding onto the grass while I'm singing. And I'm like, oh my God, that's such, a, such an amazing thing. This butterfly flew up while I'm singing the butterfly song. And so, so I stopped and the butterfly flew off and I was like, wow, that, what, that's, you know, that was, you know, the great, um, experience I was supposed to have on this on this um vision quest and so I just started singing the song again just for the just just to to sing it a little longer and the butterfly came back and sat down right beside me again and 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 I literally it it was just like it it the first time it came was sort of coincidence but the second time when it came back was like wait a minute something really is is happening here yeah and and those kinds of things happen all the time if we can put ourselves into the the mind and the space to allow it to happen and that really only happens when the body is is calm and relaxed when the mind is is not you know full of all this stuff that just rattles around there all the time when we're breathing peacefully and we're immersed in that natural world and it it happens all the time and it's just fascinating that is awesome that's really cool that it happened not just once but twice yeah 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 and and i find that kind of thing i i, I admit i you know i i've i've managed to set it up so i live pretty much out in nature you know very connected to nature as much as possible now um but it, it's been a it's been a a sort of focus focus direction that I've had for a long time, so that I so that I get to where I'm 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 able to be out in nature as much as possible and and living on the land, have a, a quite a extensive um, sort of homestead farm up in the mountains here, and uh, really just try to be immersed in that natural world as much as possible that's that's awesome um you know I, i've actually tried to convince my wife to go out and sort of become like a you know live out in the bush basically yeah but uh she really wants running water <laughs> well we do have running water <laughs> yeah there there are some things that are kind of helpful <laughs> are, are you married um, I, I've been married a couple times. I, I have a partner now who is, um, she runs a herbal, um, a mer herbal medicine company, mm -hmm. um, called Z Botanicals, a lot of, and, and she, we grow a lot of the herbs here on the farm. Oh, cool. Um, and then I, uh, I have my, my Kung Fu school, which is, um, which is, uh, a children's school and, uh, it's an it's a lot of the local kids who um i started i think a number of them started when they were maybe five or six years old really and now they're going on 15 16 and so i've been working with them for 10 years teaching them the martial arts and and uh, you know a lot of my breathing movement meditation um practices and it's just so wonderful to watch them watch them kind of soak this stuff up and 
and grow up learning this so that they'll, um, you know, be able to take it with them um, as they go out in the world and, <clears throat> and have to deal with uh, all the things that they, they're going to have to deal with out there. Yeah. I hope it keeps spreading. I hope they're able to continue, you know, that lineage that you're starting there. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I think there will be, you know, I, 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 I run, I'll be running a, a couple um, summer camps this summer. And then the first group will, um, will be going for their black belt next summer. So um, they're, they're, they're reaching that stage where they're, you know, they're ready to kind of be launched. And I, I'm, I'm kind of been timing it so that they, they get this and it, it's going to be a very meaningful um, sort of, you know, I think in in old in in past cultures in more indigenous cultures, there there was often this rite of passage that when um, when the when the children sort of reach a, a certain point, they they go off and have a you know so either a vision quest or some kind of um, ceremonial um, rite of passage where they make the transition from child to adulthood. And we've really lost that in our culture um, now. And, and that's probably why a lot of these kids, you know, it's probably why a lot of the adults are still children. <laughs> um, but I, I, I want to incorporate some kind of sort of uh, uh, rite of passage um, event, which I think is going to be kind of this black belt test. And I may have them go out on the land for an overnight or something by themselves, just so they can really have that have that delineation between, you know, okay, I was a kid, but now I'm growing up. I'm, you know, it's, I, I think it would be very beneficial for them as they, as they continue to grow to have some kind of experience like that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, that is one thing. There is no more clear boundary of when you're a kid in a grown up, you know, it's, yeah, and I, you of, know, in, in some of, of hang these and linger. In some of these indigenous African cultures, you know, they they take all the the twelve and thirteen year old boys and girls and send them out into the bush, you know, and some of them wouldn't come back, you know, they got eaten by a tiger or mm -hmm. this and that or or whatever happened, you know, it, it was really it was really a kind of a life and death. You got to grow up now thing, and and obviously we don't we don't do that sort of thing. Um, well, we don't do that at all in our society, but, but I think, um, something, something like that is, is so important for, for, for these, these young people to, to have some kind of, of, you know, structure in their lives that, you know, leads them on a, on a path because there's so many things that can distract us and take us down into the, you know, into, into all sorts of trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I'm just, I'm, I guess I'm just trying to give them as much opportunity to, to navigate as possible, um, the, the various, uh, troubles that are, that they'll have to face. Do you think that we interfere with nature or, or, or like because of our disconnect with nature, it interferes with um, our development, you know, like, like you mentioned, like, like kids going out into nature, you know, and, you know, and not all of them would make it back, you know, but, right. the, but the smartest and strongest do. Right. Um, do, do you think that, um, 
we almost encourage people to be weak. I mean, for lack of a better word, like weak, weak's probably not the best word for it, but we, you know, don't you know, give them the opportunity for growth. Yeah, that's a really interesting question because I, I think there's, you know, there's a number of aspects to it. You know, first of all, and and this this is kind of my my new book is reconnecting to the earth, where um, you know, we've lost our relationship to nature and we've also lost our relationship to ourselves because our our we're we're not separate from nature we're we're part of the whole and i think that's that's what the dao teaches you know it's like it's not it's not me it's it's all of us it, you know the 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 trees the animals the insects the sun the moon the wind everything is all we're we're part of this whole and and what's happened is that the human race has set itself aside from the whole and 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 as soon as you 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 cut off that connection yeah it makes us weaker we're we think we're we think we're very strong and we have all the we have all these these um machinery and and whatever to to control nature to cut down the trees and dig giant massive holes in the earth and and destroy everything in our path um but but we we kind of do that because we've lost this connection, this reverence for for what what nature is. I mean, I, I you know the 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 forest the, in the for in the in the ancient forest there used to be these giant old trees, the mother trees, and then all the trees around it got their got their knowledge from the 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 mother tree in the center of the in the center of the forest and. And so, if a if a fungus comes along, then then sh- that they would send out you know messages to the other trees to have produce more sap or to do this or that or or whatever, and cause all the trees to to react or respond in whatever way they need to to protect themselves. And if you go in and you cut down those massive trees, then all you just have are a bunch of trees that that don't have any wisdom or knowledge left. They're just they're just adolescent trees, just like humans are. If you take all the elders away from the humans, which we have, then there's no one to teach the humans, the the young the young humans how to how to live and be in the world. And it's it it's a pattern that that happens over and over again, and it it really comes from the the lack of connection. And the, the 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 hubris that I think the human race has that that probably came from a lot of the organized religions that you know the the earth is here for us to exploit and take whatever we want and it'll keep giving and you know it'll never run out and so just take whatever you want and don't really care about the consequences has led us down a, a, a terrible path that. Um, that we're going to have some trouble getting getting out of. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, you know, it's kind of funny. I was having a conversation not that long, a couple of days ago, I guess it was, with a neighbor. And like in my neighborhood, like all these kids are like ride around like golf carts. And somebody <laughs> said, um, oh, one day these kids are going to, you know, get hurt or get killed on these things. And I was sort of like, it's just sort of how it is, you know. It's nature. <laughs> not all the not all the turtles make it to the sea, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And, and of course, you know, I, I I offended some people, and 
But 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 the bottom line is that is the way of nature. Yeah, it certainly is. You know that that, that that's the natural order of, of life. It is with the animals, it is with plants, and it is with humans. But humans have separated themselves from it and somehow proclaimed themselves um, rulers of the world. <laughs> yeah, 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 and, and, and it's and- crazy. It, it, it is crazy. And, you know, it's so, and it's, it, we see it, we see it really every day, you know, a disease comes along and everybody loses their collective minds over it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 you know, it's, 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 it's very difficult to, um, to stay kind of centered and grounded and sane in a world that's, that's basically lost its mind. Um, but that, but that you know that just gives us the the that just really behooves us to to do the best we can in trying to um, be more reverent for the earth. And I think that you know a lot of the a lot of the work that I'm moving into is is about um, you know being reverent, you know, mm-hmm. thanking, going out and, and giving thanks, and saying prayers, and and having ceremony. Um, for the earth and for all of the, all of the other beings that exist on this planet with us, you know, right. um, it's, it's so, it's, it's so sad that, you know, we, we just I, are, are just killing off all the, all the animals and the plants. And I think that there was this, um, there was this thing about the oceans where um, I think the, the, the number is every year, we fish out of the oceans 2.7 trillion fish which is just some you know astronomical number that nobody even has a comprehension of but if you break it down to every every minute we fish 5 million fish out of the ocean um which is what that comes to you start to say, wait a minute, if we're taking 5 million fish out of the ocean every single minute, and it takes me, say, an hour and a half just to get to the ocean, how is that, how are we ever going to stop that? And how, how is it even, even imaginably sustainable that, that the ocean is going to be okay if we're taking that many fish out of the ocean every minute? It's no, not. <laughs> it, it, it's not. And and it's the same goes for burning down the rainforest and cutting all the trees and and you know just polluting all the waters. Um, it's like it if you start to if you start to really look at this stuff, it it's not it's not even not sustainable. It's it's it, we're we're breaking it. Um, and and the the answer the answer that that the humans seem to come up with is. Oh well, we better get as much as we can now before it's all gone, and so that just that that really just makes it go faster. It doesn't even slow it down. It makes it go faster. The destruction, um, it, it I, it's it boggles the mind. It, it really I don't I don't understand it, and I don't I, I've kind of come to the conclusion that you know I'm not going to be able to change that everybody's mind or stop it, you know, stop people from doing that. And so what I've come to the conclusion is that I, I have to, to work on the, the spaces that I'm able to, you know, I have to teach the children that that are in my care. I have to teach them how to be reverent of nature and take care of the planet and take care of themselves. And I also have to 
honor and thank and and take care of the land that I'm stewarding and and tending here and just do you know the part that I'm able in the space that I'm able um and and hope that more and more people start to do that around the world um because you know I it, it it's very difficult to try and affect the whole world just you know at once Possibly, unless something, unless some massive traumatic event happens and the earth just shakes us off like a bunch of fleas. Yeah, well, there is that. (laughs) I mean, that could happen. It certainly could. It certainly could. And and I would not, I would not be surprised. It would be, um, you know, I, 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 I. my newest book is, is reconnecting to the earth. And that, that's really what I was sort of trying to, to accomplish was, you know, to give sort of a, a guidebook on how we can, how we can get ourselves on track. You know, it, it's got a lot of, of breathing and meditation and communing with nature um, in it. But, you know, I'm finding that, 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 you know, there, there's a small, there's a small group of, of, of people, you know, in wherever you go, you can find a few people who are, are focused on this kind of thing, but you know, the, the mainstream, that, that mass, that mass group of people in, in the society just don't want to hear about it. You know, they're, they're caught up in, in all of, all of the, the, everything that's going on that, that sort of the narrative, the mainstream narratives that, that, get everybody worked up about this or that or whatever and worried about this and scared of that. And, and there's no real, there's no real time or space for people to have the opportunity to, to go in deeper about and think about, you know, the earth and the natural world and and what we're doing to it and how we can, how we can live in more, uh, I think reciprocity is the best word for it, you know, giving mm-hmm. and taking and, and being a, a integral part of, of nature. You, you know what I, um, is interesting is that we will look at people like tribal people, like native tribal pe- like Indig- people, indigenous as primitive. Yeah. But who's really the primitive ones, us or them? <laughs> That's so true. I'm kind of a student of um, ancient, ancient uh, civilizations. And I think that there were, there were some, there were some civilizations on this earth way, (coughs) excuse me, way before the, um, you know, the ice ages and the floods and, and, and all this. And they had, they had some knowledge that was just so understanding of the 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 way that the that humans interacted with the with the earth and i think we've lost a lot of knowledge and and we we try and make up for it with with this hubris and and inventing new technologies and things to take advantage of whatever we're able to take advantage of but i think that there's there's some real wisdom there's some real knowledge um in in the old ancient ways of, of a lot of the indigenous tribes and 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 histories and and one of them really is is the, the this sort of this idea of the ancestors and the elders because you know as if if people if people are are 
are or living in right relation with the world and they're they they're they're knowledgeable and studying and 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 connected then as they get older they're able to process that information and then return it impart it to the younger generations mm-hmm. but in our society the old people have are are completely disconnected <laughs> and you know they're stuck in a they're they're stuck in a home or yeah. they're ignored or they're you know i i it, you just can't even imagine what we do to the to the elderly in our country or in the world and in, in basically you know all the 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 western world as it is um and and we've really lost that that elder wisdom which which allows the younger generations not to make the same mistakes that you know the previous generation made but but by losing that that elder connection everybody's just going through the same same thing making the same mistakes making it worse and then you know they raise their kids and those kids don't have any guidelines so they make more mistakes and it just it's this perpetuating downward spiral almost um, whereas, whereas I think that that more reverence for the 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 elders and the wisdom that the elders have, and I'm not saying, you know, it, it's it's difficult now because a lot of these elders grew up, you know, without growing up, and so they get to their old age and they they don't have any wisdom to give. Um, so it's a, we've got we've kind of painted ourselves into a corner, really. Wow, that that's true. You know, there, there's a couple of good, really good points you just hit on. Like one is, we, we do tuck people away into homes because we don't want to look at our own reality. That the fact that we're going to get old and die. Yeah. You know, we, again, this it's a separation from nature. Oh, I'm not going to die. You are because you're part of nature. Right. You know, and, and and we can't. I mean, we we do hide that from ourselves. Obviously, now we've been successful at it. You know, and, right. and, and the other idea that you hit on is, you know, people might be getting old, but they're not really becoming elders. They're not becoming wise. They're just dying old yeah. fools rather yeah. than old wise men. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And that's 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 a that's that's a, 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 a quite a concern because I think now more than ever we need we need elders with wisdom to impart that wisdom to these younger generations so that the younger generations can figure out a way to deal with all the problems that they're going to have to deal with because of everything we've done to the planet. Um, and, and, and it's hard to, it's hard to know how that's going to go. It's this really, this really hits home for me because, um, uh, my dad, my dad got dementia and, um, really started to fade, um, fade away on his cognitive abilities. And my mother, my mother couldn't really handle him anymore. And so she put him in a, she put him in a, in a care facility. And I went up to that care facility one, one day and kind of hung out with my dad to see how he was doing. And, um, he was just he he just didn't know what was going on he was like i don't know what this place is these people are following me you know he was just having this like he was just he was just lost and i i just i packed him up and put him in the car and drove him home i said no i'm going to take care of him 
Um, and, you know, he was able to live out his life here on the mountain, out in the, you know, out in the, in the, in the, in the gardens. And, um, you know, it was, it was, it was so important to allow him and, and, you know, it, it, it was a, it was a, it was a difficult time, but it was so much nicer and so much more fulfilling for him to have that experience at the end of his life than to be packed away in this home, you know, where they're feeding him who knows what. And, you know, he's just got nothing around him that's familiar. Wow. That's really beautiful, man. You know, I took care of both my parents too. Yeah. As they passed away. And I was with them when they both passed away. Yeah. You know, um, the, the the experience itself was, was, was very deep, spiritual, and rewarding. And of course, you know, afterwards, you know, there's like this, you know, I went through like a weird, you know, three year period of grief. Sure. Sort of on and off, but. But it makes you feel like you, you did your, you know, you, they, they took all that, that time and care to raise you and, 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 you know, bring you up and, 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 uh, get you ready to be out in the world. It, it felt for me, at least it felt like, you know, I was, I was returning that to him to, you know, to me be too. able to take care of him and, and yeah. care for him at the end of his life. After all he'd done for me, it, it felt so fulfilling. And, you know, I, I don't, I don't sit there and go, Oh, I've got so much regret because I didn't take care of my dad. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, I did it. And I feel, I feel good about it. Yeah, I feel that way too with both my parents. I feel yeah. honored that I was able to do it, you know, and, and especially like, like it sounds like, like like for you, you kind of went like on the right path when you were younger, or I kind of didn't, you know, I was kind mm. of I was a little bit of a pain in the ass kid. <laughs> for, for I like was a, up until I found the martial arts for for, for the first thirty years of my life. I was I was a bit of a headache to my parents. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> It was good that I got a chance to kind of make up for some of that. Yeah, yeah. Wow, and and yeah, no, and to 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 actually, you know, come to that realization and to, you know, that's a that's a huge step. That's a that's a that's a big step, and that's you know that that shows part of, you know, how how we develop, is to come to that realization and say, oh, you know, I was kind of a an idiot back then and, and to, to, to consciously make the effort to not be, you know, to consciously say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do better now. Yeah. Is, is a beautiful thing. Yeah. And I think that's the way life is supposed to be. <laughs> you know, we're, we're young, we're stupid. We screw a bunch yeah. of shit up. And then <laughs> the second part of your life is learning from that and not screwing things up and trying to help people, other people not make those yes. same mistakes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And that's, and that's how it's supposed to be. Um, I just, I just feel like that, that there's, that we've lost, we've lost some stuff that uh, hopefully we can, we can, you know, sort of try and get, get some of it back. Yeah. And at least that's what, that's, you know, what I try to teach the kids that, that I have, uh, that I have um, studying with me. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the people that I come into contact with, you know, it's, it's, I think, I think, um, I, I have, I have a number of, of men that I work with and, um, I think men, especially, you know, I think women, women have a, have a better ability to, 
um, gather and care for each other. But I think men kind of have this whole rah, rah, I'm a man. I don't need any help. I don't need any, you know, I don't want to hug a guy and, mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, if it, I, I've, I've found that, that men supporting men is so beneficial for some of these men that have trouble, you know, they either had trauma in their life or they've been brought up in, you know, a, a toxic environment or whatever it is. And, and in order for them to, you know, really sort of find, find who they are and, and some solid ground to stand on. They need other men who, who are, know who they are and who are standing on solid ground to kind of give them some guidance on how to get there. And so kind of, um, I do, I'm starting to do a bit of that kind of work to really, um, help, help people who are struggling with, you know, that kind of thing to, to get more in tune. And it, 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 it goes back to, you know, getting, getting your breathing, working properly, getting your body feeling better, getting out in nature and, and, and communing with sort of the life force energy that, that exists out there that we cut ourselves off from. What do you, uh, we got to wrap it up soon, but I have one more question for sure, you. Sure. What do you think we should do about the cities? <laughs> I mean, I, I grew up in New Jersey, so I grew up like right between New York and Philadelphia. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it, it, it was sort of country when I was young, but as I got older, you know, it became like this gigantic suburb to those two massive cities. Yeah. You know, and, 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 yeah. and nature just got destroyed. It did. And uh, yeah, I, 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 I grew up my early years in Pittsburgh and then I went to New Orleans and Tokyo and I, I remember sitting on a train in Tokyo one day and looking out the window and we, I rode in this train for an hour and I didn't see a tree. And, you know, that just struck home so much that, that, and, and, and to, to, you know, to answer your question, I don't, I don't know if there really is an answer. I mean, what can you do about these cities? I mean, there's, there's the, it, the whole, the whole, um, the whole process here is is sort of this runaway train, and um, I, I don't I don't know how you put on the brakes. I don't know how how you stop it. It um, we seem to be we seem to be hell bent on on destroying everything, and the cities are sort of the 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 centers of of so many so much population of people um, running hectically hither and thither trying to you know eke out their lives i i don't know if there is an answer i i really don't um i know that that for for those inclined you know finding some some way to get out into nature and make a a reconnection to the natural world is is important um you would hope that at some point more and more people start to realize that and um and and try to do that but but what does that mean that means that then you're going to have more and more people going out into the the rural areas and and doing what humans do starting Mm -hmm. cutting down trees and building stuff and making more taking up more space so um it it's uh it's sort of the big uh dilemma of our time i think yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the answer to it either. It's weird, 
you know, unless, um, and I mean, it's probably an unfortunate and probably most likely possibility is it's just going to self-destruct. Yeah, that's a, no, that's uh, certainly possible. And, you know, I mean, there's there's all sorts of um, there's all sorts of, of possibilities. And, um, you know, each one is kind of more horrifying than the other than the next. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's never a pleasant solution. No. And and, um, you know, I, I think that it's. It, it, we're in this sort of fourth turning. And I think that um, some of it's going to shake down in our lifetimes. That's going to be, uh, is going to, you know, kind of fundamentally change how, how we exist on this planet. Um, simply because, you know, the, the, the resources that we're using up are, are starting to really run short. And um, you just simply can't, you you can't have infinite growth on a finite planet. You know, that's the basic, that's the basic thing. And and we're, we're butting up to the edges of that, of that finite planetness now. Um, in a, in a culture, in, literally in a culture where everything goes and nothing matters. And so, you know, people are doing all this crazy stuff without even caring about the ramifications. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we do what we can. Like I said, we have to we have to do what we can. So, you know, the people that that I come in contact with, I, I simply try and help them breathe and move and relax and and reconnect to the natural world and um, and hope that that they can then gain something from that so that they can go out and, and uh, help help other people find that as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's the best we can do. Hmm. Yeah, I think I think what you're doing here is great. You know, this um, this just getting this message out. You know, getting getting alternative uh, uh, ideas and and thoughts and and conversations out into the into the world is a, is a wonderful thing. Thank you. And what you're doing is a good thing too. Getting ho- hopefully uh, the people that you're teaching will spread the word and and lessen the chances of any. Um, harsh kickback from Mother Nature. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll just you know we'll 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 do what we we've, we've been doing is we'll adapt to the to whatever happens. Um, at least whoever manages to survive. <laughs> yeah, awesome. So, um, before we wrap it up, where can my listeners find you? Um, it's reconnectingtotheearth.com. That's um, that's the uh, that's that's my main focus at the moment. Um, there's links to the other stuff from there, but it's really just reconnecting to the earth.com. Um, and that will sort of get people started. All right. Well, I will post a link to that in the notes of this episode so my listeners can check it out. And maybe some of my listeners are up by you. Maybe they'll take some of your classes. Yeah, I do. Um, I have uh, I have Qigong and Tai Chi classes, and then I do some um, just – private um individual sessions for people who who want to go deeper all right well thanks for taking the time to be on today gary thanks so much i really uh really enjoyed your show yeah me too and hang on for one moment and i'm just going to play the outro okay thank you for listening to everything imaginable on kgra radio 
You can reach Gary at everythingimaginable2020.com or email him at everythingimaginable2020 at gmail.com. He's also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can buy t-shirts, coffee mugs, and other merchandise to support the costs of producing this podcast. Click on the merchandise link at the top of his page, www.everythingimaginable2020.com. Oh yes, I almost forgot. You can buy his book, Enlightenment Guaranteed. It's the only book on Zen that you'll ever need, and it's on Amazon. It'll change your life, because remember, everything that exists was first imagined. Hey, if you loved what you listened to, don't forget, rate, review, and subscribe.